1: Welcome to Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, a podcast presentation of Cadence 13 in association with Black Barrel Media and Ritual Productions. This is an episode-by-episode look at the award-winning TV show, Friday Night Lights, created by Peter Berg. I'm Stacey Orstano. I played Mindy Collette Riggins.
0: And I'm Derek Phillips. I played Billy Riggins.
1: Our assumption, of course, is that you, our listeners, have already watched the show.
0: But if you haven't, go watch Friday Night Lights, which is currently streaming on Netflix and Peacock TV. There will be spoilers in our podcast.
1: Hey guys. We got merch.
0: That's right, baby. We've got merchandise. We've got hats. We've got t-shirts. We've got hoodies. We've got uh, bumper stickers. We've got mugs. Anything that you guys are thinking of. And you can pick all this stuff up at cleareyesfullheartspod.com. Once again, that's cleareyesfullheartspod.com.
1: And every few weeks, we'll do an audience participation episode just to answer your burning questions. So email us, please, what you want to know at fullheartspod at gmail.com today. We are talking about Season 1, Episode 5, Get or Done. It was written by Patrick Massett and John Zinman and directed by Mark Znarski. Here's our NBC TV synopsis. Voodoo clashes with Coach Taylor and fellow players alike. Jason's new roommate introduces him to quad rugby. Emotions run high when Tim and Jason reunite for the first time since the accident. And Lila is wrapped with guilt over her secret relationship.
0: So we're going to get into the rewatch in just a bit, but first I wanted to talk about ratings, and then also answer some fan questions.
1: I know that we, we brought this up um, maybe a couple times, a couple episodes ago, about ratings and, and how important it is for a show to go forward. Do you know where we are now in this timeline with ratings or episode five?
0: Oh yeah. Uh, in this timeline, uh, as far as episode five is concerned, like the ratings at this point are terrible. Uh, we're not doing well. Um, and there is kind of a bit of a cloud hanging over set in the sense that this show that all of us have really, really grown to love already might be done. If, if the ratings don't pick up, um, at least that's, you know, that's how I was feeling. Uh, I know Palicky was, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips and, and very, uh, Positive that we were going to be around and that nothing bad was going to happen. But I was a little bit more of a negative Nelly back then. Mm
1: -hmm. Back then, guys. Back then, he was a negative Nelly.
0: What are you trying to say?
1: Nothing. I love you All
0: right. Watch it there, kid.
1: Speaking of ratings, Derek, we actually got a fan question from Robbie Bruce asking, do actors talk about ratings on set?
0: And the answer to that question is it depends on the actor and it depends on <laughs> who you're with. I Maybe. would never like walk into a trailer and be like, oh, the ratings last night were terrible. I would never do that in a million years. But there are certain people that I'm comfortable with or that I have a relationship with that I've established that I know don't mind talking about it. I mean, I don't think Stacey and I would have a problem talking about ratings. Uh, I know that Palicki and I actually had conversations about the ratings uh, on Friday Night Lights when we were actually doing the show. Um, I also remember a day in particular where Taylor Kitsch and I were about to shoot a scene and we were walking over from uh, uh, Crafty, which is where, you know, you go get snacks and stuff. And Kitsch goes, hey, he goes, don't screw this scene up. Some people actually watch this show. And we were just joking about the fact that our ratings weren't that spectacular at that point in time.
1: But, I don't yeah. think I know enough about what the numbers mean to care. Oh, that sounds that sounds terrible. I don't mean Stacey, that I don't care. I'm I just don't same. understand it.
0: I don't understand the numbers either. It's like you got a, a, a one out of seven or something. I don't yeah, like a I one don't point, understand a ratios 1.8. well enough to get it. Mm-mm. I don't understand it. I do know that like, I'd talk to people and be like, hey, this is what we got. What does that mean? And people would be like, oh, yeah, that's Ooh. not good. Yeah, that's not good.
1: There was still, when we were on NBC, it was still Nielsen ratings, which means like the, Nil- the Nielsen box in certain people's houses. And like, to me, it never made sense. So when things don't make sense to me, I pretend they don't exist.
0: But it's kind of the same thing. You know, I mean, Stacey comes from a theater background and so do I. And like, one thing you never do is talk about like reviews with other actors that don't want to hear it. So like, I was, I had to learn that the hard way. I was working on a show and literally like, was like, dude, did you guys see the reviews? And I started talking and the stage manager grabbed me and she was like, hey. There are some people that don't want to hear the reviews. And I'm like, but it's a good review. And they're like, it doesn't matter. And I was like, oh, lesson learned. I was a young actor. I didn't know any better. Um, But yeah, some people... I think some actors are afraid that if if, if good review or bad review, knowing about it will somehow change their performance and they don't want something like that to change.
1: I, I am in this camp. I agree that if you... If you believe the good ones, you also have to believe the bad ones. I don't read reviews when I do theater shows. I just want to keep doing the performance that I've always done. Guys, we talked about the Nielsen box before. I can kind of explain what it is and maybe Derek can help me. There are certain families that get picked to be a Nielsen family. They get a box, like a transmitter that is put in their house. It records what shows they watch. That family then becomes a percentage of people nationwide. So we don't actually know how many people watched a network NBC Friday Night Lights, where it's a guest percentage from however many Nielsen boxes families watched it that night.
0: And, and so, like back in the day, it used to be a physical box that they would like mail you and you would put it up on top of your TV set. And anytime you watched a TV show, It would record what you were watching, how long you watched it for, when you actually change channels. I'm technically a Nielsen viewer right now, uh, but I have YouTube TV and YouTube TV asked me, do you want to join the Nielsen's? And I was like, yeah, I want control. Finally, I want my say. So I'm technically a Nielsen viewer now. Uh, And so what I watch is recorded and it, it, they, they basically let, uh, My viewing habits are are now recorded.
1: And then there's streaming is a whole new thing, trying to get who the ratings from, who watches it streaming. It's a very convoluted system that to be fair is very far from perfect.
0: Yeah. But I mean, as far as Netflix is and Amazon are concerned and Apple TV, all those streamers, they know the minute you turn it on, the minute you turn it off, they know what shows you like, and they don't necessarily share that information with agents. And so it's it's a whole nother whole nother monster in and of itself because now they have all the information they have everything they know exactly what you watch down to the second
1: that's because big brother's watching you do we actually have another fan question in this vein this one is from matt Cawthorn, who asked what was it like on set were the cast members aware that the show was not doing as well at this time yeah
0: i mean look i i know that there was uh there was discussion about it, you know what I mean, that the the numbers weren't spectacular. And as I had said before, you know, you're, you're, we're guaranteed 13 episodes, uh, and we're trying to get what's called a back nine, which is, uh, we're trying to get to 22 episodes, that makes a full season, at least it used to, 22 episodes used to be what was considered the normal full season order uh, for a, a primetime network show. Um, nowadays, you'll see a lot of shows that are just 13 episodes, and that's their whole entire season. Um, but back in the day, 22 episodes was a full season of, of network television. But yeah, I mean, people in the cast were aware of what was going on, that our numbers weren't spectacular. But I think the objective was not to focus on that and just focus on, you know, hey, we're, we're going to do the best show we possibly can. And we can't get caught up in, you know, who's watching or not watching or, you know, you still bring your A game.
1: Speaking of watching, Derek, how about we get in to this rewatch and talk about our highlights?
0: I'm ready. Let's do it.
1: I've definitely never seen this episode before. So many thoughts. The first one is uh, okay, I would think that just economically speaking, in a town, it would take quite a while to run from the Garrity residence to the Riggins house. And that girl didn't break a bead of sweat
0: maybe lila garrity is just an amazing athlete
1: well she is i don't know if minka kelly is i I don't think like an athlete in life. she definitely does work out and she's a real jogger but i know cheerleaders are athletes oh my you guys the athleticism it takes to be like a competitive cheerleader oh my god
0: well, here's, I mean, I love, too, that she's like, I'm just going for a run. We, do we have a different definition of what a run is these days? Because, uh, she I mean, she yes, she went for a run, and then she, you know. <laughs> I think
1: her mom, on the way out the door, too, her mom says, I'm just so proud of you for doing something for yourself. And I'm like, oh, she is definitely doing something for herself right now, mom.
0: Yes, she is. Yes, she Ooh, is. She's
1: sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and then. I think this is our first solo coach voodoo scene. A Closed door meeting.
0: Voodoo alert.
1: Uh, Yeah, guys. Ding, 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 ding. Voodoo time. Stacey's favorite. I do have to say, I really like that we learn that Voodoo is doing everything he can just to get back home. He wants to go to LSU. He wants to get back to Louisiana. I think about being that age and being completely displaced from your home, your friends, your family, ending up in a small town. It gives me a little bit of empathy for this character that maybe doesn't have a lot of empathy into it. Or is that just me? Derek's shaking his head at me, you guys. Like, I wish I'm you guys could so see the <laughs> expression
0: on my face right now. I, I really wish you could. Okay, I do. I agree with you. We 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 do empathize a little bit with the fact that maybe... He's such a jerk about the way he does it, though. You know, It'd be a different story if he was like, look, you know. Uh, he doesn't say he doesn't just say this isn't my town. This isn't my home. He's like, this isn't my town. It's like he's a jerk about it. does not have to be a jerk about it. Come on, voodoo.
1: Also, he says he hates the food in Texas. And that hurt my soul a little bit because that's where the best food in the world is. Barbecue and Tex-Mex. And then um, he says to coach, you and I are just an arranged marriage. Just like such a like.
0: It's a great line, though.
1: This a visceral thing about how he views that relationship.
0: <laughs> and then he doesn't close the door, or he does close the door. That's what he, yeah. He slams coach says leave right? the door open, and he slams it. <sighs> Why are you so okay. angry, Voodoo?
1: He's he, he's got attitude. I don't <laughs> know. I still, I love him. I'm sorry, you guys. You like. I totally want to know what you guys think, too, when you email us again. It's clearassfullheartspod at gmail.com. Am I an idiot with my voodoo love? I just hope there's one. I hope there's one listener out there that loves voodoo as much as I do, and I will feel vindicated in every possible way.
0: And that one listener can't be you, Stacey. You're not allowed to submit to our own oh, email.
1: I've I've already set up like eight different AOL accounts to email in <laughs> uh, and say how, how much I love Stacey Orstano's voice. Of course you did.
0: <laughs> Uh, it reminds me of a time very early on in the show, uh, <laughs> I, I made the mistake of, of Googling. And as I said, the ratings were not that great at this point in time, but my friend, Chris Price, uh, <laughs> long story short, I, I had Googled the show. I don't even know if Google existed at that point in time, but I went online and I, I'd done some research on the show and I found, uh, I mean, back then these didn't really exist the way they do now, but it was a, a chat board where people were talking about Friday night lights. And this guy was defending Billy Riggins. And I was like, "No, nah, I think Billy's kind of a jerk, you know? And he's like, you don't understand. He's like, I know people on the show. And I'm like, who do you know on the show? And he's like, I know Billy Riggins. And I'm like, is this Chris Price? who was like my best friend? I'm having a conversation with my best friend. And so at that point, I was like, I'm not getting on these chat boards anymore. That's an embarrassing story, but it's a true story.
1: That's terrifying. Yeah.
0: So I'm having a conversation with my friend Chris Price telling me that he knows Derek Phillips and Billy Riggins. And I'm like, I think I know him better than you do.
1: I love Chris Price. And I love that Chris Price was defending Billy. There's yeah. something about that makes my heart really happy. I did <laughs> I did watch this episode. I watched it last night to do like my notes. And then I watched it again this morning to just make sure I had it in my head to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did skip intro on Netflix the second time I watched it. And now I'm wondering if I'm on some kind of like CIA watch list. Because like, you skipped oh, the intro? I intro- I did. I, sk- I skipped the second time. Not the first time. I want the, f- I want the full experience. I did. I skipped the intro the second time. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, is it? Thank yeah. you. I appreciate you.
0: Let's get back into the show.
1: We go to Applebee's. Is this the first time that, we, that we're that introduced that Tyra works at Applebee's? Yes.
0: That's not the first time we've been to Applebee's. Applebee's has sure. been established as the uh, hot spot in Dillon next to the Alamo Freeze, battling it out for the uh, best cuisine in Dillon uh (laughs) but uh yeah tyra works at applebee's
1: okay also did not know that patrick j adams was on our show
0: welcome to friday night lights
1: did not know (laughs) yeah i do remember i come in i come in two episodes from now in episode seven like when mindy's introduced and i remember um Annie, Adrian Palicki, telling me her backstory or Tyra's backstory. And I remember this story specifically in her telling me what this storyline meant to Tyra and learning a little bit about, about our dad and stuff. But I, yeah, I didn't know it was Patrick J. Adams. And I was like, hey, I know you. <laughs> Just you guys, I'm, I'm learning so many things. You will also learn throughout this episode, my complete detest of this character, Connor.
0: Mm.
1: Not, not a fan. I am a fan of Patrick J. Adams. Not of Connor.
0: Yes. Connor is not the, uh, he's not voodoo.
1: Am I winning you over, Derek? No,
0: you're not at oh, all. He, I'd it say well. Connor and voodoo are, you know, in a tie right now for my least favorite people on the show. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> to be fair, you're not no wrong. No offense
0: to the two actors who are brilliant in their roles, but
1: that's yeah. Why that's why it's so good. I am, <sighs> Kyle Chandler, you guys. Oh, what did he do this no. time? No, it's just watching, I I completely understand his, his the inner tur- turmoil that is happening in him right now with the big question being, who do I start? Yeah. Is it this wonder kid talent that has absolutely no respect or loyalty to me or the team or this kid who maybe is, he is a little less talented, but he's so respectful and he's so loyal. And that's, how do you choose?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. That's what this show does so well, is it kind of sets these positions up where it's like, you know what the right answer is in your heart?
1: Do you think the right answer is Saracen?
0: I I mean, that's what you want it to be, I think, is is a fan of the show. I mean, most people do. You may want it to be Voodoo, but most people want it to be Saracen. (laughs) I think most people- Listen,
1: I don't want Voodoo to win over Saracen but
0: why don't we ask our fans what they think should should, should it be voodoo or, or saracen we want your thoughts on that guys
1: i mean like if you ask buddy garrity it's going to be voodoo yes i mean but do you
0: want to align with buddy garrity on just about anything come on i really i really don't i don't want to sway our fans i want to hear from them and i want to i want them to tell us who, what they think on that
1: oh uh, i just i just, it, like kyle's face just reads you can tell everything you need just from a look from Kyle, and yeah. I just it, ugh, but I love him. Then we're going to the the oil fields with Connor. Connor asks Tyra to go to the oil fields and meet geologists, which to me is like one of the worst pickup lines in history. But oh, maybe that—that's not a good line. I, I will if, make a note I mean, of that. If, if you're into rocks, maybe. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Is that a thing?
0: So there's that storyline going on. But then let's talk about the the beautiful storyline going on with Matt and Julie because I love the scene of the two of them outside the stadium. Uh, Julie asks him if he thinks he's going to start, and Matt gives her a very PC answer. You know, like he's on ESPN basically. And she says, "Dude, you need to chill out. I'm not ESPN." Matt walks away, kicking himself, saying, "You're so stupid." But I love that scene for multiple reasons. Number one, it just makes me smile because it's just a beautiful little FNL scene. It's Does it drive action necessarily? Eh, maybe a little bit, you know, because we're talking about uh, uh, the thing that's kind of looming over the town in this episode, which is the idea of is it going to be voodoo or is it going to be Saracen? Uh, but then it's just it's so beautiful because we got Matt and Julie. It's that high school love. That show just captures this. But then the second thing, and this is something that we discussed, I think, in the the pilot episode of of our podcast, uh, just talking about Texas being the 12th man in Friday Night Lights. And once again, we get to see it. You you got this the winds uh, in the air, Julie's hair is blowing, uh, and you got this big Texas sky in the background. Uh, It's one of those things you just can't replicate. You're not going to get that same shot in California or anywhere else in the country, really, for that matter. I mean, uh, that's just... It's just Texas, man. It just—it's Texas. You can smell it.
1: I do love—I love their relationship. I love the growth of Julie's character. I also just Amy Teagarden and her. Ah, oh, she's so quintessentially the all-American teen. Like just everything, everything about her and her the blonde hair and her sunshiny face. You guys, Amy a was the only <clears throat> a little baby doll. She looks like such a little angel baby doll. Um, Amy was the only minor that we had on set. So her mother like legally had to be uh, uh, Amy Teagarden who plays Julie, just so I'm not just you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Her mother had to be with her on set and there was like school that happened and stuff, but because her mom was always around, her mom became such a part of the cast. And I yeah. remember getting excited when she was around cause I loved hanging out with her. And she was just like that, the like a, just a complete, a whole other member of the cast. And I went, I have, excited but definitely when we get to talk to amy about what it must be like to be that young playing yeah. your age on a show full of like adults i'd be terrified if i was that age doing that and she's so just effortless
0: she's she's a character in general it was right around this time that i showed up to set and i had an old uh ipod at this point in time i mean like an old one like maybe the ipod first, you yeah, said ipod this is like I had like a first generation iPod, you know what I mean? And I was walking up the set with it. And she's like, oh, my God, how old is that iPod? <laughs> that's, that's
1: exactly what I mean.
0: <laughs> and I was, I mean, shattered, shattered. Just I hadn't had a, a, a teen Take a crap on me like that since high school, and it felt
1: so. Oh, awful. Man, when they when you get a good, I um I substitute. I used to substitute teach, and high school was the scariest because oh, teenagers can they can be very cruel when they want to be. They're brutal. That's about. That's my other podcast, guys. Uh, my my substitution podcast. No, it's not. I'm kidding.
0: And I love Amy. I'm not. This isn't to uh, to.
1: Amy's a gem among gems. Listen, yeah. if I was a geologist. I go to the oil fields I'm by me and find me in Amy T Garden. There what you am go. I talking.: Way about to bring today? it back,
0: Stacy, way to bring it back.
1: What am I talking about?
0: <laughs> Let's get back to we keep getting off track here. Can we get back on track? I mean, Let's, welcome to
1: our relationship. Guys, <laughs> uh hunker down because uh, we got five seasons of this happening. <laughs> uh, okay,, Oof. we go to rehab with Jason Street, and it yeah. we see it takes it takes two to three people just to even hold his body up while all he's doing is just tossing a beach ball. And this kid used to have the best arm in the entire nation. And now he can't even toss a beach ball. I, I honestly wonder if they were, I feel like it had to be on purpose that they were using a a ball for him to be using. So we have that just a position it it hit my heart.
0: Yeah. That's a tough scene to watch. Um, all the stuff with Jason is really hard, but there is like a little beacon of light here, um, because suddenly Herc comes in and, you know, (laughs) Herc, I'm just going to keep referring to him as our little beacon of light on Friday Night Lights. Herc comes in, brash, crazy, and says, hey, Six, come with me. I got something I need to show you, basically. I don't think he calls him Six, but he basically tells him QB, QB. calls him QB, that's right, uh, He says, QB, you got to come with me. And so they take Street to go watch the first time we see what Herc is doing, which is he's playing uh, wheelchair or or quad rugby, wheelchair rugby, uh, also known as murder ball. And these guys, yeah, uh, all these athletes are are nuts. Uh, And we can see that, that the wheels are kind of turning again for Street. You know, this is the first time that I think he's got something.
1: He's got a goal. Yeah, I think it's the first time I've seen excitement in Street or, like, his eyes finally light up with, like, oh, wait, something's happening. But, yeah, I totally get watching those guys play. I totally get why they call it murder ball. Those athletes are fierce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This scene yeah this is the first time we really understand that mac really did think he was going to be and should be head coach and he says you're sitting in my chair yeah excuse excuse me
0: i just love blue decker and i know we've talked about this in in previous podcasts about how good some of these uh smaller players on the show are uh but blue decker just brings it every scene that he's in every single time that he's on camera he just and it, I think they give the show a little bit of, uh, authenticity, you know, uh, having these guys that are, are, uh, Texas natives.
1: So here's, here's the thing you talk about the, um, the 12th man a lot. We actually finally go to the, we see the oil fields that Connor's working at this shot. If any of you listeners ever want to know what Texas looks like, that is so exactly what Texas is. It's like, not not necessarily all of it, but it is a lot of just flat lands, pure open sky, oil rigs, lots of it that
0: flat land thing is something that that's I, I think that's the thing that you just can't replicate in a place like California is it, it just seems like the sky is bigger, and I know we talked about that before, but so I won't keep harping on how big the sky is, but I probably will
1: just it does it looks giant there's nothing there's nothing in its way, so we also learn a little bit about um. My dad, well, we'll discover he's my dad and his history. Okay,
0: so wait, I, I just want to jump in real quick. So we know that your dad worked in the oil fields, but we don't know exactly what he was doing or where he is now. And I don't, I don't remember, but I don't know if we ever find anything out. What,
1: I don't think, I don't think we do. But I, so the oil fields consumed him. Yeah. Are, are we saying he he died or he had to leave us because he lost all of his money? Guys, listeners, I also like, what do you think? Now, I don't think I honestly have the answer to this. What do you guys think happens here? I probably should know. This is like me being bad actor that I don't have the answers to this.
0: No, but I mean, hey, it's been a long time since I watched the show. And um, I don't I don't think we ever talk about what happened to the Riggins' mom. I mean, I think the only time, honest to God, that I remember her, I, I remember her very vaguely like two or three times that we mentioned her on the show but never really talked about where she is now so we don't know if she's alive or dead and i think it might be the same thing with the the colette
1: uh i love how our families mirror each other sometimes though okay this is i'm feeling all of these feelings let's let's talk about the other thing that's getting me how old is this man that is hitting on my sister i am very uncomfortable
0: Look, here's the deal. Friday Night Lights has a little bit of a history of people, you know, being a little bit older, having sexual relations with people that are younger. Uh, It's messed up. Agreed. Yes. I mean, 100%. I'm not not condoning this, but uh, it seems like almost every major character on this show has some kind of fling at some point in time with a person who's older.
1: I also sort of love that, that the show doesn't make a meal out of it. It's not like it's an after-school special. It's like that happens, and now we're moving on to the next thing. Like, that's, that's life.
0: And, you know, it's messed up, but it does happen. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> More with Street. I love that we're giving Street a little, bit of, a little bit of hope and a little bit of light. So Herc, in, in his own Herc way, tells Jason that it, it's going to take about six months till he can kind of start playing rugby there's just that light that happens. in Jason, he like sees there's his life can be a little bit more than what it is now.
0: Yeah. That, that, that this isn't a death knell, you know, that this isn't the, uh, the end of the road. This is just a start of a new journey. And, and and you kind of see that when, uh, we pick up in this scene and and streets kind of looking over in Herc's area of the room. and, And we find out that, uh, there's a picture there of Herc and he's, he was obviously an athlete as well. And it appears he was a track star uh, before his entry. So Streets starting to see that he and Herc might actually have something in common other than the fact that they're both in a, in a chair now for the rest of their lives.
1: That's what it is. He's like, I also, I can, I can compete again. I think that's the, that's the fire in Streets belly.
0: So then we immediately cut over to Tim and Lila <laughs> who are sleeping with each other again. I mean, just between you and I, our siblings on this show are making a lot of bad decisions.
1: Specifically in this, in this episode. What's
0: going on here? I mean, I felt like you probably did a you did a pretty crappy job of being a big sister. Shouldn't you have been looking out? I mean, I know you weren't around at this point in time, quote unquote, but come on.
1: But she is. I had this thought of like, what would Mindy say? Yeah. Which I think I'm going to make a recurring theme on this show because... Um, it's amazing and it's sort of feel like Mindy would be like yeah he's hot like whatever great I think
0: that's exactly what or Mindy do would do Mindy like, uh, what's, what's yeah. the problem <laughs> but yeah I mean and Billy's just never around at this point in time it's just this this house is a a den of I sin do, I
1: do often wonder where Billy goes but he's I working you, where do you go what does Billy do
0: Billy's working,
1: working Billy sells
0: where? uh he sells drill bits to oil guys oh yeah where, what's next? What what comes next?
1: Tammy comes into Coach's office. Yes. I love that Tammy has this just truth about whoever you start, everybody loses. Like, n- there's no way you do this where everybody wins. It just, it, it's just a crappy decision and you have to make it.
0: And this is just a side note for me just watching the scene that has literally nothing to do with the scene, but just a comment on Kyle Chandler and how much I love that guy as an actor. I love that in this scene, because when we would start a scene on Friday Night Lights, usually what would happen, the director would come in and say, so where do you want to be at the start of this? And so Kyle, nine times out of 10, it was the actor's choice. And whatever the actor chose, they just move cameras around them. So Kyle's got his shoes off. He's got his legs kicked up on the desk. And he's just owning it. But I'm telling you right now, it's a Friday Night Lights thing. I can almost guarantee you that on any other show, had Kyle come in, kicked his shoes off, put them up on the desk, they would say, ooh, uh, you know, um, how about maybe we keep the shoes on? I guarantee you that's what would have happened on almost any other show.
1: I did notice that too. I liked it. And then a uh, coach does make the decision and he tells Matt that he's going to start voodoo. And I think Matt, he's still so polite. Says, yes, sir.
0: Poor kid. Every time Matt's on camera, I just feel bad for him. <laughs> Uh, oh, and then now we so we moved on to the uh, the pep rally that's happening before the game, and of course, buddy, <laughs> buddy Garrity's in the stands with the high school kids. You were asking, what does Billy do? Where's Billy all the time? That's
1: my question.
0: Why is Buddy Garrity at a high school
1: in the middle of the day? Like, like isn't he at work? Uh, yeah, just just um, amongst amongst the children's. Yes, just she's but I also I. <laughs> I love Landry's school spirit. Yeah. He is in this pep rally.
0: He just nails it too.
1: Oh, Landry. Um, oh, oh, this scene, you guys. This scene in Jason's room. Lila walks in and I was like, wait, don't you have a game to go to? And then coach comes in and then the team comes in. And even at the point, I think, Coach gave him a clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And at that point already, I did not have clear eyes because I was tearing up, and I did not know. Then comes 33. Yeah,
0: and then waterworks. I mean, I'm sitting there bawling. Uh, I'm bawling because I got my own thing going on watching this, but I'm also sitting there going, I mean, what do you think Tim is thinking at this point? Part of it is guilt that he hasn't been in there. Then he's got the guilt thinking that, he's still probably thinking that it's his fault that Street got injured. So there's the guilt that he hasn't been in there to see his buddy. There's the guilt that Street got injured. And then there's the guilt that he's holding on to this secret that he's been sleeping with his best friend's girlfriend. You know? And we as an audience know that. And all Jason knows is that his best friend hasn't been there to see. You know? Uh,
1: And it's just, it's so, he only says like two words. And I, I know he has to leave to go to the game, but I also think he can't be in that room anymore. Yeah. God, that's a lot of weight to put on a, a teenager's shoulders. Oof, mean by he, listen, he put himself there, but I'm just saying, oof, it's a lot. Yeah. Go to the game, voodoo starting, but definitely not holding himself together during the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know you didn't play football, Stace, but he starts calling his own plays. And like, that's a major no-no. Like, you don't get Even to call your own I plays. I know that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's calling his own plays. And then, hey, one of the times it actually works out and he scores a touchdown. So, and Coach is losing his mind on the sidelines. Uh, and then he's, you know, once again, starts calling his own plays, negating what Coach calls in. And he throws a pick six, which is, you know, he throws an interception. The other team scores a touchdown. And, I mean, as we know, this ain't going to fly when you're playing for Coach Taylor. So, uh, at halftime, there's a little bit of a, uh, a change. It takes place. Well,
1: oh, that scene in that scene in the locker room. Good oh, voodoo. So good.
0: But that's something that's also interesting about what happens here is that, you know, I mean, we know that Voodoo is the better athlete and that he's the better quarterback. But this team doesn't want to play for Voodoo. This team wants to play with Saris. And so you see that. I mean, when Voodoo starts losing it in the locker room, the rest of the players are like, get the hell out of here, man. Go. We don't need this kind of bs right now and so the team kind of rallies around matt at this point in time that's
1: interesting i didn't i i didn't think about it like that but you're completely right about this whole team rallies around matt and wants to play for matt more than more than budu you're you're right
0: yeah yep
1: i'm not gonna say that a lot eric you're (laughs) right just so you get it, just so you get that line clean.
0: <laughs> this is the hardest part of the episode for Stacy because uh, Voodoo is no longer the starting quarterback. So Stacy cried more in this scene than she did when uh, Street and Tim saw each other for the first time. Is this correct, Stacy? Um,
1: listen, I'm not Gosh. saying he makes all of the best choices. I'm not saying I want him to start for the Panthers. I just love his character.
0: Okay. All right. So while Stacy's crying about voodoo, we move, <laughs> back to, we move back to the game. As I said, the players are now starting to rally a little bit around uh, uh, a Matt. And we also see, it, 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 I love this moment at the end of the game where, you know, they're going for two and coach says, what do you think we do? And he's asking Saracen. And Saracen's like, give it to smash. It's selfless. He's not trying to get the glory for himself. He says, give the ball to smash. Smash has been killing it all game. And that's what they do. And they give the ball to smash smash gets the two point conversion. And the Panthers wind up winning in the last minute of a game, which never happens ever.
1: (laughs) I love, especially (laughs) not on TV football. Um, I love that coach. Isn't just simply telling Saracen what to do either. He's asking him questions. What do you want to do? Look over at that team, that what's wrong with that team. And you just see those players are exhausted. And like Matt's eyes light up and like inside of him, like he's quarterback. Yeah, he is. Uh, Panthers win the game. Panthers win the game. That's 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 my play by play.
0: Yes. And then it's cut to, you know, Saturday in Dillon, Texas.
1: And Tyra wakes up stinkingly gorgeous, sits up in bed. Connor's not there. But then, of course, he comes in with breakfast and he says, you know, Tyra, you're a great girl. And she and I, I didn't even know she had, we had the same reaction. She's like, no, 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 please don't. Let's not do that.
0: Okay, so there are two things in this episode that you've said at this point that I've, I've been making notes of. Number one, don't take your first date to an oil field. And number two, mm-hmm. don't tell them you're a great girl.
1: Because you know the next word is but.
0: This is a rewatch, but also a dating show.
1: It is. So <laughs> Yeah, because I'm one to give dating advice. Um, you know the next the next part of that sentence is Tyra, you're a great girl, but and she won't even let him say it. And then he tells her that ugh, he's also apparently in a serious relationship, which I would think is something you would want to tell somebody before you sleep with them. But uh this this
0: scene, this whole Connor storyline just crushes me for Tyra because you you've really started to grow to to love her character, you know? And you know that she just wants something better for herself. She just wants a better life. And she's just going about it the wrong way. We see that a lot on Friday Night Lights. You know, these characters striving for things but making the wrong decisions.
1: There's something about the end of this scene that mirrors the end of the scene with Jason Street too, where the camera just sits on on this person that we love and they're crying and whatever. And there's something about um annie adrian Plicky, who plays tyra just sitting in that bed and the simple act of just putting her earrings back yeah. in her ear that she's so in that moment small and vulnerable for the first time i don't think we've ever seen tyra vulnerable and in that moment it it's so simple and it's another word you would call like an fnl moment that's just quiet and beautiful and makes me feel things
0: Yeah, and that's something, I mean, just as as actors and storytellers, uh, we don't feel that way for Tyra if she's not so powerful. Um, And she is so powerful. She's lost in these early episodes, you know, um, as a character, I think. um, The character's a little lost. But the character's always tough and resilient. And to see her break down in that moment, it's like, whoa, I didn't know that this character could do that yeah,
1: and that they entrusted annie knowing yeah. that she could pull that off too and break our yeah. hearts
0: 100 like, like, i mean
1: just thank you for giving us that that growth yeah okay so it's still saturday morning
0: yeah it's still saturday morning in dylan and i love that we're just kind of getting to see how everybody else is is waking up and what's going on in their lives and saracen's waking up and he's checking his bruises in the mirror and it's and it's such a subtle little moment but it is like that Rite of passage for a young man, you know? Uh,
1: yeah, my war patches. I earned this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're checking your scars, your battle wounds. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then street, back to street, wheeling himself down the hallway to the weight mm-hmm. room, strapping a free weight onto his wrist. He is ready to compete again.
0: Yeah. The kids found his motivation in his... In his- and that heart, that drive that we knew he had. And Thank that's God, fun right? to watch. Yeah. It's fun to watch because we know that, okay, something exciting is about to happen for this kid. And, and we've just been feeling for him for these last five episodes. And now he, he's found his, his fire again. God
1: God bless Herc. Here's what I don't, I didn't quite, I don't get what this Saturday going back to the field house is for Coach and why there's so many people there. I'm not
0: exactly sure why they're all there either, but I do love the fact that like now everywhere he goes, he's, you know, he's the king of the castle. (laughs) He's adored. Give him the keys to the town. He's the greatest person who's ever lived. Coach Taylor, uh, king of kings. Uh, you know, he's at the gas station, everyone's high-fiving him and telling him how wonderful he is, you know. Uh I don't know why there's all that, all those people outside the field house. I do know coaches on Saturday are going back to watch game tape and And take notes. Even after a win, you got to take game tape.
1: But they're also in, there's so many people inside too. And I'm like, why are all you people inside there? But we do see, but Gertie, not so happy he's got these two gentlemen with him saying that Voodoo is maybe possibly ineligible. If it's determined that he is ineligible, they're going to lose that victory. They lose that win.
0: Yeah. And I'm just sitting there going, "Oh, buddy, 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 buddy,
1: <laughs> what are you
0: doing, buddy?" And Buddy has that great line. He goes, "He goes, I thought we had that all squared away, there, Coach."
1: Oh, your buddy's back, Derek. <laughs> yes. Is it? That back? is it. I, th-
0: I thought we had that all squared away, Coach. Like, what, what, what's going on there?
1: It's like he's in the room with us, Derek.
0: <laughs> but classic Buddy Gerty. I mean, Buddy. Like the minute they get nabbed, potentially doing something wrong, Buddy's like. You know, he just immediately blamed it on Eric. It's definitely Coach Taylor's
1: fault, but he would never do anything. And then, uh, yeah, but then there's, then he walks into a room full of people that I don't understand. And then the show's over, but they do leave us with a little like, Ooh, all of that could be for naught. all of this celebrating could be.
0: Yeah. That whole entire episode, all that struggle, voodoo or or Saracen, this whole entire dilemma that the whole entire town is going through. And then at the end of the day may not mean anything. That whole entire episode is kind of a wash. Not a wash, but like not the episode is a wash, but the. the, I'm not saying that. I mean that 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 storyline with voodoo and Matt. It's like all that tension, and at the end of it, doesn't mean anything. Maybe because. The Panthers may wind up losing this game.
1: Derek, remember, life's not so clean cut. Life is complicated. Oh, <laughs> Stacy! <laughs> I, just, I think I'm gonna write. I'm gonna. I'm you're gonna, gonna, gonna bring negative gonna, Derek back. Gonna, Nobody wants negative <laughs> it's my Derek. job. It's what I do, guys. That is it for episode five.
0: But join us next week when we have another special guest. Hi, I'm Brad Leland, and I play Buddy Garrity. That's right, Buddy Garrity's coming to the show. But until then, clear eyes,
1: full hearts, can't, can't lose. lose. Clear Eyes, Full Hearts is a podcast presentation of Cadence 13 in association with Black Barrel Media and Ritual Productions.
0: Executive producers are Stacey Oristano and Derek Phillips, Chris and Mandy Wimmer for Black Barrel Media, and Steve Walters for Ritual Productions. Our producer is Mandy Wimmer.
1: Please send your questions to Pod at gmail.com and find us on social media. I'm at Stacey Oristano on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And I'm at Derek Phillips on Twitter and underscore Derek Phillips on Instagram.
1: And check out our websites, cadence13.com and Black barrelmedia.com. Thanks
0: for listening and we'll see you guys next week.